To another episode of UFO No, the show that separates science fact from science fiction the best that we can. How's everybody doing? You look good. I got to tell you, you look good. You look good. Since I last saw you, <laughs> you look good. Anyways, nice to know you. Nice to have you back. Thank you so much for your continued support. It means so much. Um, on this episode of UFO No, Here's what we're going to talk about. We're going to talk about time slips, reality shifts, um, also called retrocognition in some circles. That's what we're going to talk about. Now, you might be wondering, how does this, how is this UFO, alien, conspiracy related? Well, like a lot of things, it seems to tie back to things like MKUltra. Two things like, um, well, all kinds of conspiracies and, and things that we'll get into. But it's related. It's all related. It's all related, really. I mean, if you think about it, you know, if the government's manipulating time, if they're manipulating time travel, uh, then what's not to say that in the future, that is us, has also has learned to do that even more so and is now utilizing it and therefore attributes to a lot of some of the things that we say we see maybe but before we get too far let me give a quick shout out clarkstoncbdco.com go on there use promo code ufo no all one word ufo no save 10 percent site-wide on everything cbd telling you anti-inflammatory pain relief anxiety relief it works for so many people it's unbelievable it's unbelievable how much it works i use it my mom uses it my dad uses it everybody uses it i'm telling you everybody that's all my only personal experience clarkson cbd co they, they got 3700 people fairly new business oh by the way we're going on our second year anniversary as of the 26th of december 2021 depending on when you're listening to this let's say somebody's listening to this a year from now well this is right now it's uh december 11th 2021 anyways i'm getting off okay so clarksoncbdco.com go on there use promo code ufo no save 10 percent. they've also got a black friday deal use promo code black friday save 20 percent yeah that's a limited deal ufo no is not however you can also, uh, from the 20th to the 1st of December, that is 2021, since we're all talking about time and shit, uh, there's going to be some crazy deals, like $20 off certain things. Anyways, take advantage. Go on there, ClarksonCBDCo.com. telling you, use promo code UFONO. Really helps out the show because it lets me know, us know, at the business, that you're listening to the show and you really are like, hey, I want to try CBD. And you save some deal by being a fan. Anyways, thank you so much. Okay, so then also Hell's Canyon Cannabis Company. I'm a cannabis fan. To me, it expands my mind. It helps me think about all this crazy shit that I like to talk about. And so I like the weed. So if you do too, I'm telling you, you're going to love Hell's Candy Cannabis Company because it's all organic, true live organic soil grown, no chemicals used, nothing like that. A balanced experience, just like Mother Nature loves. Wonderful, beautiful shit. Anyways, if you're a Washington resident, go to your local Washington retailer, ask for a Hell's Candy Cannabis Company, and if they don't have it, get a hold of me, and I will make sure that they get it. All right, speaking of getting a hold of me, which I would love to hear from every single one of you, every single one. One of you, I'm not even kidding. Every single one of it. Bombard me, motherfuckers. Bombard me. 208-790-8226. Text me. That number is going to change, by the way. 
But for now, text me. You can also find us on Facebook. And you can hit us up there. I want to believe. It's like a key phrase. Let's me know that uh, you're a fan of the show without you having to be like, hey, this is Ralph from whatever. I listen to the show. I mean, you could certainly do that. But if you just text me and say, I want to believe, I'm immediately going to be cued into, it's one of my people. Anyway, so if you do that, it's awesome. And I love it. I've gotten a couple of you to do that. And it's so awesome. I love it. It excites me every time. A couple of ways you could support the show. If you're into that kind of thing, share, 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 share. We live in a day and age of social needs. You know, you got to get it out there, right? That's how everybody gets everything out there. The plate of food that you're eating, you showcase it where on, on the social needs. Well, that's where you want to showcase us too. Like your beautiful pork chops that you, that you curated. Is that the right word? So you put it up on the social meds and everybody's like, oh, wow, pork chops, you know? So, hey, do that with your favorite podcast, us. Yeah? The UFO No Show. All right. So great way to support us. Also, now we got a Patreon page. Go on there, patreon.com slash UFO No podcast. And you could support three bucks, three bucks a month. That's all it is. It does gigantically amazing things obviously three dollars by itself not hugely impactful but a coffee is amazing and but a bunch of you amazing motherfuckers that are out there that do support us oh man it makes a difference it's impactful so patreon.com slash ufo no podcast that will really help us out plus if you do that for a few months you get a fucking sticker or a mug i can't remember right now you get something Plus, I got some merch coming. Anyways, there's tons of reasons. And I just want to thank you all for being supportive of the show and following along. I love it. Every single one of you. All right. Let's get into this, shall we? Shall we? Let's get into it. All right. So along with, as I said, UFOs and alien abductions, time and reality are some of the most interesting and mind-bending topics that we can we can discuss when uh, when talking about aliens, UFOs, and conspiracy. And we've gone over several accounts of missing time. Uh, think about the uh, Benny and Barty Hill. That's the, one of the most famous abduction scenarios or tales that we know of. And it's, it involves missing time. Almost, almost every single abduction scenario, um, something like that, involves missing time. Okay? Or... Like in some cases, like we went over the Philadelphia experiment, several miles, thousands of miles. What was it? 200 miles away, I think, uh, for the Philadelphia experiment where the, uh, I can't remember the name of the of the ship right now, but I it was like the USS Edward or Edwin or something like that. And, uh, and it went 200 miles away. So distances, missing time, of course... A lot of the people involved in these, you know, they blame alien intervention. They talk about how it was an alien, uh, they saw alien beings, or they believe that it was alien beings of some kind. Um, And these are common themes involved with conspiracy, abduction, and all these types of encounters. They all are intertwined with time and reality. So to explain what time shifts are or slips, um... A lot of times they're backed up by historical fact. People that see buildings um, appear and then disappear, they end up, they're able to give certain details about these buildings or these people that they see um, that match certain historical records. Now, a lot of people will say, well, that you're connecting dots that you want to connect. Well, sometimes, but we're talking about people that could not have possibly known certain details. So anyways, these are incredibly specific details, once again, that a lot of these people could not have known uh, unless they were there firsthand or unless they had legitimately seen these. Um, And a lot of these stories, in my opinion, are situations of people that have found gateways or portals we've talked in the uh in a previous episode about stargates and gateways and ancient portals that are 
apparently carved in ancient sites that look like doorways. And it almost even looks like there's something built in the frame to fit an object. Think back of the mummy movies when they insert um, something into the uh, the groove in the doorway and all of a sudden it, you know, it just crackles open and, uh, you know, a, a doorway appears. So that's what I'm talking about. So where do you, where do you start and how does this tie in once again to UFOs and aliens? This is generally known as paranormal, but I believe it's all connected. We talked about, uh, in the past about Jack Parsons and how he potentially opened up a portal that could have remained open uh, that therefore brings in a whole argument that that's where a lot of paranormal phenomena could have come from uh, based on the old OTO, Aleister Crowley belief system and all that. But let's start with just some missing time accounts and we'll go through different scenarios of what was going on, some tales of missing time, disappearances, and reappearances, and apparent time travel. Yeah? All right, let's get into it. Okay, so this is a commercial flight where all the passengers, the crew members, emergency responders report the flight skipping forward in time 10 minutes without anyone on board being aware that anything had happened at all. Now, even though there's no exact date for the incident, maybe intentionally, but the story goes that a National Airlines 727 that we're going to refer to as the Magic Plane was on its way to Miami, Florida, preparing to land when it vanished from air traffic control radar. So they issued ground control emergency communications to all other aircraft in the area attempting to visually locate the airliner. And they were afraid that it had crashed or exploded midair. So they were also checking for wreckage on the ground. However, none of the other pilots could see any sign of the plane. Then, almost exactly 10 minutes later, the plane suddenly reappeared in the exact location where it had been when it vanished. Now, if the plane had simply disappeared from radar and not reality, there were other planes in the same area at the exact same time looking for them. They would have crashed into the other plane, okay? But they also would have traveled a fairly large distance in about 10 minutes. Think about how fast a plane goes. Think about 10-minute flight. You're going to go a ways. On top of that, during the time of the disappearance of the plane, other planes were searching for them, including rescue planes. And like I said, several aircraft flew through the exact location that they had disappeared from and then where they had also reappeared. So clearly there was nothing there prior uh, prior to them after they disappeared and then prior to them reappearing. So after reappearing, the captain of the magic plane was instructed by air traffic control to land at an isolated runway that he knew the pilot knew was specifically reserved for security risks and special situations. So it kind of, well, anyways, I'll get in. I don't want to give anything away. Okay. So after landing security forces boarded the plane quickly removed the passengers and the crew, separating them from other passengers at the airport, keeping them away from everyone else. And remember, the passengers and the crew at this point had no idea that anything had had happened, that anything had changed whatsoever. So eventually, an explanation... (coughs) Excuse me. An explanation comes out, and was or was given to the captain. I'm sorry. That And they told him that he had disappeared out of thin air for 10 minutes. And the captain looked at the clock, uh, the clock inside the plane's cockpit and it said 9.20 a.m., which meant they were on time. 
I want to take just a moment to talk about CBD. CBD works as a very powerful anti-inflammatory. And I'm sure a lot of you have met someone who's used it or know a family member who's using CBD to relieve pain, anxiety. And the truth is, it does all of those things. Helps relieve pain, reduce and prevent inflammation, as well as relieving anxiety and stress on top of improving quality of life. So if you're looking to try CBD for the first time or get into something new and you want some answers, Clarkston CBD Company is where you want to go. Little plates I help manage uh, as well as educate people as to the benefits and products that can work for them. Check us out online, ClarkstonCBDCo.com. Shop online, reach out on Facebook, Clarkston CBD Company. And back to the show. He checked his watch it also was 9.20, but then he looked at the airport clocks and they all read 9.30. On top of that, all the passengers, the cruise watches, all said that they were 10 minutes behind. So everyone, including emergency services, of course, the, the, the crew, the passengers, the pilot, they all were at a complete loss to what happened. So what's really interesting about this is that Apparently, this incident was reported in newspapers at the time, but there were no flight numbers, no official statements, almost nothing official on it. Now, there could be a ton of reasons for this, but it could be that investigators wanted it hushed up and off the record. But there's a guy, Martin Caden. Uh, he's an author. He believes that it was actually the pilot and the crew that wanted to remain anonymous because they feared their careers would be in jeopardy if they said anything. And that's actually a really common thing in UFO uh, encounters, which happen a lot, actually. There's a lot of, you know, uh, well, think of the David Favor thing. That's the uh, gimbal in the Tic Tac uh, incident, which is the the videos that the Pentagon released. But on top of that, I mean, there's like been Japanese flights that have got, there's a ton of pilots that have come forward with these type of things, or I should say they come forward later after, you know, everything's said and done. And they almost all say the same thing that they were afraid to come forward at the time because they were either told that their careers would be put in jeopardy by doing this, or they felt that way based on the general, um, sense of things going on in administrative levels. So, uh, in his book, Martin Caden's book, Ghosts of the Air, True Stories of Aerial Hauntings, he says that federal investigators and officials of National, which is the airliner, uh, that uh, the airliner jet that everybody's on, couldn't get into the jet airliner fast enough after the, the plane landed. So, did they know what happened? I'm sure they did, because you know why? The government's shysty bastards, that's why. All right, so this is a good time to bring up a similar incident known as the flight of Bruce Gernon that occurred around the same time as the magical plane incident. Bruce Gernon was flying from Andros Airport in the Bahamas at 3 p.m. December 1970 on his way to Miami, Florida, somewhere near Bimini. He noticed an elliptical cloud that appeared to be hovering around 500 feet above the water in front of him. Gernon began to climb higher to fly above the cloud, but the cloud appeared to be growing larger. At a little over 11,000 feet, he finally appeared to break free of the strange cloud. However... As his plane broke into the clear skies, he could see the cloud was now shaped in the form of a abnormally giant semicircle extending around him. All of a sudden, his plane, moving close to 200 miles per hour, was heading into another similar-looking, even larger cloud. So Gernon said later, the cloud appeared to emanate directly from the surface of the Earth. Think about that. Keep that in your mind emanating directly from the surface of the earth, not from the skies like a typical storm. But him, thinking it was a storm, headed into a small tunnel 
in the oncoming cloud, thinking it would, as before, take him out of the storm into the clear skies. However, as he flew into this strange tunnel, it started to swirl around him with several bright white flashes, like he and he felt like he was traveling in zero gravity. After coming out of the strange cloud, he was only a hundred miles off the Florida coast, even though he had been flying over Bimini only 20 seconds previously. So he was closer to Florida uh, now than he was before. Realizing this was impossible, the only explanation Gernon could arrive at was that he had entered some kind of time tunnel or portal one that had transported him from one destination to another in a matter of seconds. Now, I don't know about you, but I don't know if I would necessarily jump to time portal right away. So I, I'm one, you know, I don't know, but maybe he knew, maybe he, I mean, clearly he had more of an idea of aerial capabilities and physics and all those things than I do. Cause I'm a dumbass. But I just don't see time tunnel becoming my first uh, <laughs> my first conclusion as to what happened. However, even though Gernon's experience was different than the 747, it is interesting that he was in the same area, lost time, and allegedly traveled 100 miles instantly. So, in my opinion, it's safe to assume that he disappeared the same way the magic plane did. Now, in 2009, November, another one. Got another one for you. I'm going to go through a bunch, okay? This one uh, involves the Kremlin. The story goes, in two, November 2009... A report started circulating in the Kremlin that stated a power blackout in South America. Here's how it all ties in, okay, to the plane and all that. The story goes, a report began circulating in the Kremlin that stated a power blackout in South America appeared to have emanated from the Bolivian Andes region called Tijuanaco, which is home to the Gateway to the Sun, which a lot of people claim is a gateway to another world and was triggered by an anomalous event at CERN's Large Hadron Collider. Now, if you're not familiar with CERN's Large Large Hadron Collider, if I'm not mistaken, they supercharge particles and then crash them together to create black holes or distortions in time or time waves. Now, time waves are referred to as gravitational waves by scientists that cause fluctuations in the curvature of space-time. And scientists at CERN were in the middle of experiments and tests for the LHCs, the Large Hadron Collider, Restarting when they noticed that their testing was distorting Earth's magnetic field. Following this distortion, a time wave shot off towards the core of the planet, which then veered exactly in the direction of Tijuanaco, and specifically the Sun Gate. So according to the report, this time wave, this is a real report, by the way, according to the report, this time wave erupted and shot out into the skies above South America. At the same time, a commercial flight was coming into Santa Cruz, preparing to land, apparently in the direct path of the time wave, and were instantly and mysteriously transported near Santa Cruz in Spain, over 5,000 miles away. Now, the plane, which was coming into land, so they only had so much fuel, were low on fuel and far, far off course. 
and they were not able to make the journey back across the Atlantic to their actual destination. So the the plane landed in Spain and had to spend 17 hours there before taking off again. So they eventually arrived at the real Santa Cruz uh, almost 24 hours later. Now, here's where it gets crazy. That's not crazy. Here's where it gets crazy. Shortly after this happened, the Large Hadron Collider, LHC, was shut down. Shortly after this incident, the official explanation being that, quote, a bird dropped a piece of bread on outdoor machinery at the facility. Are you fucking kidding me? Now, many people believe the shutdown was due to the realization of what they had actually opened. (coughs) Excuse me. In fact, a short time later, CERN's director of research and scientific computing, Sergio Bertolucci, claimed that their scientists had achieved a breakthrough and discovered a, quote, previously unknown natural phenomenon that might even lead to an extra dimension. On top of that, the Russian report based on power outages throughout Brazil and other South American countries claimed that something like digital communication went from the gateway of the sun to multiple pyramid structures and other ancient sites. By the way, the official reason for the power outage was a dam going offline due to atmospheric discharges. On top of that, the area had two relatively strong earthquakes in the days that followed of 6.5 and 6.8. So make that of that what you will. But to me, there is no doubt that that is a direct result of those experiments. (laughs) You know, I mean, you know, but hey, speculation. Now, here's something interesting. In the 1980s, Caroline Anders and a friend were driving to Plymouth, Massachusetts to a party. Oh, yeah, yeah. Okay, okay. Hold on. Sorry. I lost my place there for a moment. I'm going to I'm going to lead into a couple of uh, time slips and things like that. Okay, so these aren't related to the CERN incident. However, in my opinion, this just these are examples of time slips and time distortions that explain a natural phenomenon, in my opinion. All right. So Caroline Anders and a friend were driving to Plymouth, Massachusetts to a party. Caroline saw what she describes as a fantastic church that grabbed her attention. She said the windows were filled with color from light streaming through the stained stained glass. And as they drove by, the doors opened and she could see a large congregation inside. However, her friend didn't see anything. She didn't think much of it until her boyfriend, Phil, who seems like a nice guy, were driving back to Plymouth several weeks later, passing by the same place that she had seen the glowing church, but now there was only ruins there. So she asked Phil if he knew what had happened to the building, and he told her the building was a church named uh, Charles Church and was one of the oldest in the area, and it had been bombed during World War II, killing several people. And then it was converted into a memorial for the dead. So Caroline told Phil what she had seen, seeing the church fully built, light streaming through. And Phil told her, that's impossible. So, I know there's not much to this. But, once again, in my opinion, this is a an example of... A time slip. Something like that. Once again, MKUltra experiments, based on declassified documents, worked on the ability to control individuals 
even around other people. Okay? So if this was if this goes to some kind of government experiment uh gone awry people that you know it, I think the true nature of the of how and it might not be government it might be other agencies that are simply you know working with government who knows I, I believe there's a lot of things that happen to people that create situations in the brain think about the fact that we create DMT I mean what an incredible powerful drug that a lot of people use uh, spiritually recreationally to expand their mind see crazy things you know what if this with MK ultra experiments other experiments what if they are if you're a podcast junkie like me you've probably thought about starting your own well I can tell you firsthand that starting my podcast has been one of the most fun decisions I've ever made. But it can feel overwhelming if you don't know how to get started. That's where Buzzsprout comes in. Buzzsprout is the easiest and best way to start a professional podcast. In fact, it's so good they've already helped over 100,000 people launch their own podcasts. Buzzsprout will get your podcast into every major podcasting platform like Google Podcasts, Apple Podcasts, Spotify, and many more. You also get a great-looking podcasting website, audio players so you can drop into other websites, detailed analytics to see how people are listening, tools to promote your episodes, and the list goes on and on. Plus, Buzzsprout publishes new blog posts, podcast episodes, and YouTube videos every week so you can learn the ins and outs of podcasting from the people that eat, drink, and breathe it. To start your own podcast and get a $20 Amazon gift card, follow the link in the show notes. This lets Buzzsprout know we sent you, and it helps support our show. Buzzsprout, the easiest way to start a podcast. What is it? What if it is affecting certain people in certain ways? Or maybe this girl's crazy. Maybe she's lying. Maybe it's just that nobody else saw what she saw. But I think it's I think it's something else. I think that a lot of times these are either natural phenomena or outside influence that is changing people in some kind of way based on what they've learned in other experiments. All right, so now I got a ghost story for you. November 2020, 50 year old Matt Davies was riding his bike along the canal in Italy. At around 9.30 a.m., he suddenly noticed a young guy sitting on the lock on, uh, on the gate dressed like he describes in Victorian working-class clothes, smoking a pipe and staring into the water, apparently unaware of the guy riding his bike. Thinking there wasn't something quite right about the guy, Matt went home and started researching the area. And he discovered that the canal cottages, which were directly opposite from where he saw the mysterious man, there'd been a murder, one that remained unsolved. Now, even though Matt says the man could have just been a guy in costume, could have just been anybody. He feels like there was something strange about it. So was the man a ghost? What do you think? Was he a ghost? I don't think... I I have a whole other theory about ghosts, but I want to tell you a couple more stories before we get into the, my, my opinion of this. Okay, I got another ghost story for you. The Clara Mills tale. The story goes, the ghost of Clara Mills was first seen at around 8.50 a.m. in Nebraska Wesleyan University, October 1963, by a secretary named Colleen Butterball and a doctor, Sam Dahl. They were looking for a guest lecturer who they believed was on the first floor. And they entered an empty office suite 
And even though all the windows in the room were wide open, the room smelled heavily of must, or, or it was, it smelled musty and stale. Heavily, I guess is where I was going with that. Then she got the feeling that someone was watching her. She looked up and saw the figure of a woman standing with her back to her, reaching up into one of the cabinets. Also getting the feeling there was a man sitting at a desk to her left, but there was no one there. Then she looked out the windows and she saw scenery from the 40s. The secretary believes she possibly stepped foot into the past when she saw the ghost of Clara Mills, who it turned out was a professor at the university who had suffered a heart attack and died in her office in 1940. So was this another ghost? Or a shift in time? Another one! Similar incident. 1901, known as the Ghosts of Versailles, involved two professors known as Jordan and Morbley from Street Hughes College in Oxford, just outside Versailles in France. Story goes, in August 1901, while vacationing in Versailles and visiting the gardens of the Petit Trianon, they got lost. And as they were wondering, wandering, not wondering, wandering, they started to feel strange, like a heavy mood was oppressing their spirits. They noticed an abandoned farmhouse and an old plow sitting on the side of the road and two men walking toward them. Both men were dressed in long grayish green coats with small three-cornered hats. The women asked for directions to the Petit Trianon and the men told them where to go. As they made their way down the path, they found a gazebo shaded by trees where a quote repulsive looking man with a face pitted with smallpox stood staring at them. After leaving quickly, they crossed a small bridge and eventually came to what they assumed was the Petit Trianon. They say a young woman sitting on a stool was sketching. She was wearing an old-fashioned dress covered with a pale green scarf. This time, an intense gloom washed over them. As they walked to the other side of the building, they noticed the mood suddenly lifted. So, they simply thought that perhaps the Petit Trianon had to have been on it. But around three months after the incident, one of the professors was preparing a lesson on the French Revolution. She noted that on the on August 10th, 1792, exactly 109 years before her visit to the Petit Trianon, the Paris Commune had stormed the Tuileries Palace and burned it down. The royal family was taken prisoner. The monarchy abolished a month later, and Marie Antoinette was executed in October 1793. So the professor believes that the woman she saw sketching was Marie Antoinette, enjoying her last peaceful moments before her arrest. So, she thought maybe they went back in time to the moments just before the storming of the palace. So she went and she viewed a painting of Antoinette and was shocked to see she looked exactly like the woman they saw in the garden, sketching down to the clothes she was wearing. After doing a little more research, she learned that Marie Antoinette had been sitting at the Petit Trianon when she found out a mob was marching toward the palace from Paris, something she felt explained the constant feelings of gloom and depression. In 1911, they wrote a book about their research, the two ladies, called An Adventure Under the Names Miss Marison and Miss Lamont. And they pointed out that even though they saw a plow by the road, there were no plows in 1901 but there was in 1789. The small bridge they had crossed was there in 1789, 
but it did not exist in 1901. The two men they asked directions from were wearing the exact same clothes as Marie Antoinette's Swiss guards. They claimed that even they even identified the repulsive man with the pockmarked face as Comte de Vedrol, an enemy of Antoinette's. Mm. Another fun one, known as the Cursey Time Slip, happened in the fall of 1957 when three British Royal Navy team cadets named Michael Crowley, Ray Baker, and William Lang during a map reading exercise were making their way into the countryside. Things were normal enough, but as they were nearing the village of Kersey, they heard church bells ringing out loudly, which wasn't an odd thing during that time. Church bells were very normal in the village. But as they continued into the village, all of a sudden it got incredibly quiet. Quiet, In fact, silent. And the village appeared empty. And they noticed that even though it was fall, everything was green. Super green. And appeared to be, and the whole village appeared to be lifeless instead of a lovely little village that had been there before. No cars on the road, no power lines, no phone lines. They described the buildings as looking medieval, medieval, medieval. That sounded dumb. Everything seemed very old all of a sudden. Then they noticed the church tower where they had heard the bells ringing wasn't there at all anymore. Deciding there was mischief afoot, they went to a nearby building and peeked in the window. They could see clearly two or three oxen carcasses, which had been skinned and were moldy in spots from age. Shocked and a little unnerved, they checked another nearby building, and this building appeared to be an empty house, not a single piece of furniture. So, getting a little spooked, they made their way back out of the village, heading up a hill to the road. Suddenly, they could hear the church bells again. They turned to look, and they could see smoke rising from chimneys of the buildings they had seen were empty earlier. William, one of the boys, described the experience like walking back in time, and the village was a ghost village. And all three reported an overwhelming feeling of sadness and depression while the feeling of also being watched. Of course, their superiors dismissed it immediately and it was kind of forgotten. But in the 1980s, as an adult, William decided to contact a researcher by the name of Andrew McKenzie. He was a member of the Society for Physical Research. McKenzie was well aware of time slip cases and as he called them retrocognition he called them or so together they went to the village of Kelsey again just to take a look at everything so afterwards Mackenzie did some research and found that the building they believed was a butcher shop had been a private house in 1957 when they first visited the village but it had been built around 1350, and it had operated as a butcher shop of some kind for several centuries until 1905. An interesting point that he made is that the mid-1300s to the early 1400s was just after the Black Death, which killed at least half of the population of the village Kersey. In that same time period, construction of the famous church in Kersey had stopped due to the outbreak of the plague until after 1481. And remember, they stopped hearing church bells. Of course, it could be nothing. It could be a ghost story told for a number of reasons. To get publicity, attention. Who knows? Maybe they fucked up in a big way and they wanted to they had to come up with some story to tell their superiors. Who knows? But 
maybe these guys actually did stumble back in time, hit a time slip of some kind, or a retrocognition, as this, uh, what's his name again? Mackenzie puts it. There's a book called Real-Time Travel Stories from a Psychic Engineer by a guy named Martin Eddington. In his book, he talks about a 12-year-old boy named Mel Riley in Racine, Wisconsin, in the early 1950s. He was venturing out into the local woods when he came to a recently plowed cornfield and could suddenly smell wood burning and food cooking. He kept walking and started to hear voices nearby, thinking maybe they were campers. As he went a bit further, the plowed field was now a grassy field with a historical-looking Native American settlement area. He froze when he saw Native Americans going about their lives. He watched for several minutes, convinced he had somehow gone back in time. Then, suddenly the entire scene, he says, sort of dissolved and was gone, and he found himself looking at the plowed cornfield again. Also, the story of Robert Palfrey, 1860, who felt a sudden temperature drop and then saw a large red brick house appear in front of him and then disappeared again. Then over half a century later in 1912, his great-grandson James Cobald with his friend George Waylett were riding horses and they felt a sudden temperature drop. Their horses reared up, spooked by something, and George got thrown off. Then the two men heard a strange sound as if the air was being displaced. Then a huge three-story Georgian building appeared in an empty field next to them. A strange mist came in, wrapped itself around the house, and disappeared again. It's amazing that we live in a time that you can go and shop for cannabis like you do shoes. All kinds of different types and sizes for all types of different individuals. Well, if you're like me and you like a nice, balanced experience with no pesticides, clean, soil-grown craft cannabis, then you want to ask for Hell's Canning Cannabis Company in your local Washington retailer. The reason why is because they use true live organic soil recipes, custom made per strain, per plant, like Mother Nature intended. You can't get any better. So if you want craft cannabis with a balanced experience, ranging from strains like Jesus OG or Acapulco Gold or their own Hell's Cookies, then you want Hell's Canyon Cannabis Company. Ask for them in your local Washington retailer. And if they don't have it, tell them to talk to me and I'll make sure they get it. Back to the show. In the 1940s, a delivery man, Edward Bentley, making delivery, spotted a large red bricked house. Thinking he'd missed a delivery, made his way to the house, suddenly disappeared. Summer set 1976, Sandra Hardwick bicycling home from her friend's house when she noticed an extremely bright lit house like the sun had come out on a bright day, even though it was extremely cold. And she started to feel uneasy and scared, so she quickly rode away from the house. When she looked back, the house was gone. In the early 2000s, Jean Bartman and her husband Sidney were driving when Jean saw the Georgian house. She circled the block to get a better look at it. When she came around, it was gone. Are all of these cases portals in time? Are they crossing of dimensions? There's a lot of researchers that delve into time slips or retrocognitions, like Mackenzie said, that say that most of these happen in and around historic locations and ancient sites. For example, in 2011, 
46-year-old Rianne Cavitas was visiting the Temple of Karnak in Luxor at a time when apparently there were few people in the area due to some civil unrest. She was looking at the goddess statue when she suddenly felt disoriented and heard the sound of a crowd shouting outside and turned to look, but no one was there. When she looked at the statue again, it was now shiny and new instead of historical and ancient. The sound of her husband's muffled voice snapped her out of the trance she was apparently caught in. So why ancient sites? There are a lot of ancient civilizations, of course, as you know, a lot of them. Maybe these ancient civilizations knew how to harness the power of the planet. And these ancient sites and temples allowed them to travel to different realms and dimensions. And maybe some of this energy, seeing as it's from the earth, resides in these areas. And based on people's physiology, they can tap into this or accidentally tap into it. Happy accidents, as Bob Ross says. There are plenty of accounts of retrocognitions or time slips, whatever you want to call them. But maybe these are cases of merging realities and time. Researchers say that time is linear, or it isn't linear. It's not linear, it's almost curved and intertwined like a what what a DNA strand how it uh, what do they call that i can't remember what they call that possibly explaining clashes or slips of time maybe even other realms falling into each other if you've never seen the thor movie uh thor what is it darkness something like that something dark this is the second one. Anyways, they find a gravitational slip where they're able to, there's some kids like throwing some keys and a can and, a, and like it's in the middle of a stairwell thing. Anyways, that's what I think of when I think of time slips and things like that. But that's a very simplified version of you just throwing a can and the can kind of falling over and over and over again. Very, very simplified. It's more likely that areas that were concentrated with energy by civilizations that believed fully and I believe were capable of manipulating this energy, that that energy would absolutely reside there still, especially if it was concentrated there for a number of who knows how many years. My personal belief is that we, humans, or really anything living, we're energy. We are energy. And this energy never leaves. It just transfers or takes on other forms. So ghosts, apparitions, disappearing and reappearing structures... In my opinion, this is residual energy intertwined with our own energy that we're putting out at the moment. Whether it's fear, happiness, extreme sadness, or extreme violence. Now, I'm not going to pretend to know the science behind any of that. I'm just going based on what I what I what I believe and see and and what I've read and what, what makes sense to me. And what makes sense to me and what I know is that energy is incredibly powerful, incredibly powerful. 
You can feel it. You can send it. Like, you know, obviously we use energy to send texts and all that shit, but I mean like sending vibes. That's a real thing. You can communicate with energy. You don't have to say a word. Your eyes, people say, oh, they communicate with their eyes. What are your eyes doing? That's energy that you're putting out that somebody else is picking up on as well as facial cues and whatnot, but it's energy. Everything seems to revolve around energy. So maybe understanding the energy from history and our own emotions. And when I say energy from history, I mean the energy that our ancient ancestors clearly knew how to manipulate and control, at least on some level. Whether it be through spiritual enlightenment or, or belief in, in dark magic or whatever it was. The energy, historical energy harnessed and our own emotions and any relationship that exists there. When we understand that, it's going to help us to understand time shifts, time distortions, retrocognitions, distortions of reality. And that maybe this is tied to our own realities created by our minds. There's a lot of research into the idea of reality and what that means to each individual. And assuming we're not just talking about hallucinations, some kind of malfunction in the brain. Maybe we're all capable of shifting our consciousness into another time or reality. A lot of people claim to be able to do this with DMT, psilocybin, the power of the mushroom, the power of the spirit molecule. These are real things. But what do these stories that apparently don't seem to involve things like DMT or psilocybin or m- mental illness what are these what are these stories of retrocognition really mean and what do you think what do you think you think time slips are real You think it's a natural phenomena that just occurs and I mean they've they've they're doing research right now into believing that there are gravitational abnormalities all over the world that that gravity is not some stable thing all over the planet fluctuates and moves once again I as we learn more about this It is really going to expand our minds into what not only our minds are capable of, but what reality and this world really is. Tell me what you think. I want to know. Hit me up in the comments. Uh, You know, become a patron. Go to patreon.com slash UFO. No, huh? Help me out. Help the show grow. And, uh, oh, and you know what? I keep forgetting this. We're going to save Blind Mike. All right, we're going to get him back on the show. We're going to save him. So if you want to help out, go to get Blind Mike before he's analprobe.com. I forgot to mention it at the beginning of the show. I forgot to mention it last show. We got to get Blind Mike, y'all. He's been abducted. He's been abducted. And we got to get him back. So. Get Blind Mike before he's analprobe.com as well as patreon.com slash UFNO podcast. If you really want to help out, grow the show and just share, 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 share. Sharing is caring. 
Anyways, love you all. Thank you so much for coming on another wonderful journey of UFO No Podcast. And hey, remember, watch out for the government. They're shoisty bastards. <laughs> <laughs>